I am a firm believer in one-on-one -on -one conversation. I think in order to change habits, you need very immediate and very direct feedback. Welcome to Collecting Thoughts, CNR Software's new podcast. We're your one-stop shop for digestible industry news, anecdotes, and advice as told by the boots on the ground industry leaders and subject matter experts. We'll be covering topics across the collection space, technology, and finance. I'm your host, Christina, and I'm happy to have you join us. Today's guest is Austin Key. Austin is currently Director of Collections at Texas Dealer Solutions, a prominent finance company specializing in deep, sum prime auto debt aggregation and collections. Austin's career took off when he assumed the position of general manager at an in-house finance dealership and led a team of collectors, salesmen, shop staff, and support staff. Austin left the dealership to be a founding partner at the then startup Texas Dealer Solutions, during which he created, implemented, and improved processes in not only collections and recovery, but sales and acquisitions as well. Austin, thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Christina. Of course. So before we jump into our discussion today, do you want to talk a little bit about how you found yourself, you know, leaving whatever you were doing before as a general manager and forming your own auto collections company? Obviously, this is a peripheral business to in-house finance dealers. We specifically purchased that or serviced that from in-house finance dealers. So it was a pretty natural segue. There's a need in the space for dealers to be able to sell their loans in order to free up their cash flow. We had an opportunity and we, we took it. Me and several partners started at Boots on the Ground upstairs at the dealership, if you'll believe it or not, um, in a couple cubicles with a small team. And it has taken off. Now we have 35 some odd people inside and outside of the office. Been quite a journey. Oh, that's awesome. As you've kind of been diving into this journey, what kind of nuances would you say have come up for this area of collections compared to what you may have experienced before? I would tell you one of the biggest differences that I personally wasn't expecting. It is very easy for someone to be upset with you whenever you haven't met them face to face. And that sales process and actually selling them car, they really like you a whole lot more. <laughs> Once they know your face. Standpoint. And the other part that I had definitely had to get used to is um, an aspect of our business is business to business collections too, right? Whenever we purchase these loans, we have recourse on the account, meaning if the contract does not perform, we can reassign that account back to the dealer. Oftentimes they are unhappy to pay those. So it puts, uh, puts us in the position of having to collect the collectors, which was a definitely a new challenge. I really enjoy working in collections. And that kind of helps us segue into the topic, which is all about relationship building and connection with advancing technology. So it sounds like uh, within your company that relationship building is very key to making sure the transaction process and the communication is smooth. But I noticed when I was looking at your background that you've been involved in, you know, some tech stack migrations and your company is also, you know, utilizing technology to enhance your collections organization. So let's just talk about how we balance advancing in technology and keeping up with the time, so to say, while maintaining that relationship. It is definitely a balancing act. Anytime you provide self-service options and push people towards those self-service options, you're risking losing that interpersonal contact. And as we try to integrate more self-service options, that's something that we continue to 
try to hit that perfect balance of two of the things that I have found most critical in maintaining that relationship are setting expectations and contact that first point of delinquency. If prior to an account becoming delinquent, I have a conversation with you about the expectations, whenever your account becomes delinquent, it's going to be a different conversation than if I only talk to you at the first point of delinquency. And I'm of the opinion that if you have your salespeople delivering that, then you're doing yourself a disservice because you're going to make your job as a collector that much more difficult down the road. And whether or not they ever become delinquent is entirely up to them. But by hand introducing them to the self-service options, you increase the chances that they'll utilize those. And on top of that, that first point of delinquency conversation, it, it becomes a lot easier. If you aren't consistent with that first point of delinquency conversation, you might land yourself in hot water, though. You would always be putting yourself in the bad cop position if you're only showing up when when bad things are happening. Correct. That has been a personal journey of mine is is trying to figure out how to not be the Grim Reaper, but how to work hand in hand with our sales so uh, we can keep people happy and keep people with us. The self-serve options are certainly needed, right? Because some people can manage it on their own. But a lot of the discussion nowadays is almost omitting the humanization part, which is what us at CNR Software are very big about, like humanization and making sure you build that relationship and have kind of connections with people when it's needed will go a long way. And then it puts them in a position to use the self-service technology that your company is investing in. Absolutely. They need to have the option to self-serve in front of them, but they also need the option to speak to somebody with some empathy who can understand and relate to their situation. Do you use the relationship building to help identify early delinquency or is that more so data driven? And then you come in with the relationship points. It helps you have that conversation, but I'm, I'm a firm believer that even if you know somebody's pattern, you still need to have that conversation. Even if they know you to the point that all they have to pick, do is pick up the phone and say, hey, I'm going to pay in 14 days. You know how it is. That's how our billing department works. So I say, great. Hope you're doing well. You're looking to do some more business. Okay, no, have a great day. It's, it's important to have those, have those conversations. And if you're not consistently speaking with your customers whenever they're delinquent, then you're not going to know whenever a pattern changes. You need to find out immediately whenever a pattern changes so you can decide how you're going to handle it and know what's approaching because delinquency goes from seven days to 28 days to even more very, very, very quickly. Almost like you're using the data to help nudge your decisions along, but getting that human to human conversation going, you can pick up on those emotional, you know, cues that your, you know, spreadsheet of data on their repayment patterns isn't necessarily going to show you. Absolutely. When it comes to maintaining these relationships, has there ever been an instance, whether you're seeing in the industry in general or in your specific area, of where technology has kind of been counterintuitive towards getting to your goal of repayment? Yes, definitely. Specifically coming from the in-house finance dealership background, um, you would be amazed how much of the software they have is almost an antique at this point. 
And and unfortunately for small scale dealers, it's really difficult and really expensive to move up to bigger software. So that's a that's definitely a pain point for smaller dealers and has been a pain point in my past. Um, we're fortunate enough to have moved to shiny new software that is pretty pretty high end, and I I really enjoy using it, and we're able to utilize that automation, like you're saying. That's great. And I appreciate you humoring my question because I know that might sound weird of like, what do you mean technology can hinder? But you make a, a good point to say, like, if you have technology just to have it and you don't necessarily have technology that's actually going to benefit you, then it can be more of a hindrance. Like if you're stuck on a legacy software that really can only do maybe 10% of what you need it to do and the rest of your team is scrambling to, to do a lot of manual work, then it's really not it's not going to help make your day-to-day any easier. Absolutely. Every time you're using a workaround, you're costing somebody time somewhere. And even though you may not see it, it's costing somebody that time. So as far as relationship building from the team side goes, you talked a little bit about how you personally like to kind of pick up on those emotional cues, build a relationship, not just during the bad times, but to preemptively soften the bad times when you have to reach out. How do you pass those teachings along to your team to make sure that everybody is following this template almost for reaching out to your customers? I am a firm believer in one-on-one conversations um, in relationship building and also team building. I think in order to change habits, you need very immediate and very direct feedback with individuals. Um, And I like to keep team sizes very, very small. I like to keep even accounts in in one group. So we we are a firm believer in cradle and grave. The second your account becomes delinquent, you have one collector working on it and you will pay to deal with that one collector unless there's an issue until the end of that loan. I think that helps give individuals ownership over the accounts along with having smaller team sizes. You allow, allow supervisors to have that direct feedback. Having that one on those one-on-one conversations with supervisors and collectors allows them to more efficiently handle issues as they come up. And I imagine that also helps from the client perspective or your customer perspective. It doesn't necessarily seem like there's a bunch of people against them, right? Like you have, you're assigning one person to one account who's going to help them, whose goal is to help them get out of any kind of distressed debt that they're going through instead of hearing from person A and then person B and then having it be a pile on. Yeah, absolutely. Hearing conflicting messages is the best way to raise somebody's heart rate, um, (laughs) to think about it in more personal terms. When's last time you called your bank? Oh, I try not to. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because you're on hold and then you go through 10 different self-service options and then three different tiers of individuals to get the one that can actually resolve your issue. If you have one person that you could call who always resolved your issue, be it a business business customer or a consumer, how much better would that relationship be? So much better. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yes, for sure. You said you were a founding member and it was originally a startup. Now you're considering it out of the startup phase. How did you establish the framework and implement to what it is today? I was fortunate in that uh, I had that in-house finance dealership background to kind of build from. Sales obviously works a little bit different whenever you're pursuing businesses rather than consumers. But collections is very much still the same. Uh, it's the same customer, deep subprime. It's a difficult demographic to collect. So having that experience and already having having the policy and procedures, at least on the collection side, 
made that substantially easier. I was also fortunate enough to bring other people on board who were subject matter experts in sales and just absolute rock stars. And I can't say enough good things about my partners. They're great people. And, and without them, we wouldn't be where we are. That's great. Are there any stories from whether it's standing this up or maybe a first instance where you were working out how exactly to best communicate with your customers that turned out to be successful? Any story you'd like to share? Our first dealership who didn't want to pay pay us back, we had never collected businesses. So as soon as this guy went delinquent, we called him and all of a sudden he stopped picking up the phone. And we all looked at each other and we were like, this guy's not going to pay us back. What do we do? <laughs> and and that was definitely a learning experience. Um, we were fortunate enough that it was still in Texas. And we actually went and visited the guy, worked out a repayment plan because he was he was going through some stuff and ended up losing his business. But we were able to work with him. And so it ended up being a positive experience. But man, did we panic whenever we realized he wasn't going to pay us because being business owners and being managers of other businesses, we didn't really imagine a world where they just wouldn't. <laughs> and did that come out of nowhere? Or was that a instance of you started seeing the patterns were adding up and you realized, oh, we have to, we have to use our relationship skills to find out what's going on. Absolutely. The, the, the second people stop answering and people start getting cagey about checks in the mail. Oh, I can do it whenever this happens. Had to get in there from day one. Um, and, and fortunately, we only had one immediately, so we were able to give that all our attention. And that's definitely how we problem solve. We give all of our attention very quickly. It doesn't need to be a negative experience, but it needs to be had quickly. Austin, it's been so nice speaking with you today. Before we wrap up, is there anything you'd like to share? Just what I previously said. I think setting expectations immediately is the most important thing that you can do and consistent contact at first point of delinquency. It is absolutely critical. And if you're consistent about it, it's not going to have the same effect. Great. Austin, thanks again so much for joining us here on Collecting Thoughts. Thank you so much for your time, Christina.